Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Thanks for celebrating Christmas with us. I just want to take a few minutes and share some scripture with us and some different ideas. But the thing that I really believe that's beautiful about this season And really the beautiful word that we return to, I believe, each year around this season, it's the word incarnation. Say incarnation. We could really say God in flesh. Now, it's easy to just kind of, I guess, just glaze over this to do a flat reading of scripture and and not really see how deep this goes. But think about this. God literally inhabited flesh. How many know he literally inhabits flesh now? We are the temple. And for some of us, I still think maybe we have this idea that God's far away because I don't measure up and I'm not worthy. But, but listen, God loves you. He cares for you. He wants relationship with you. And because of that, he said, can I move in? I, I believe it was in the message. Eugene Peterson puts it like this. Uh, God moved into the neighborhood because he wants to be with us. But this word incarnation is so powerful. What's so beautiful about this incarnation is that Jesus shows us what it looks like to awaken to who we are in Christ. Jesus even said this. He says, you're going to do the same works and even greater works than I do. How's that possible, Jesus? Because I'm showing you how you're built. I'm showing you what you truly look like. But some of us, again, I mean, you think about the gospel. It's this, it's this revelation, this revealing of who we truly are. Paul tells his testimony about the road to Damascus. Paul, who was formerly Saul, killing Christians. And he's telling this testimony. And he says that Jesus revealed Christ in me. Not to me. Revealed Christ in me. Well, how is that possible? Well, Because we're made in his image and likeness. But think about this. Paul uses a lot of language like orphans. See, orphans don't know who their daddy is. They don't know who their parents are. They don't know who their family is. And so we kind of just bumble around life as orphans. And Paul's saying, awaken to your sonship. Awaken to your daughtership. Awaken to who you truly are. So we have Jesus, the man, and then we have the Christ. How many know that Christ wasn't his last name? It wasn't like Mary became Mary Christ because she married Joseph Christ and they had Jesus Christ right? So it was Jesus, but the word Christ literally means the anointed one or the anointing. So what we see is we see this fusion, if you will, of God with man in this man named Jesus. And so I believe that it's God literally showing us this picture of what it looks like to walk out our true identity. When God created us, even in the garden poem, in the garden story, if we look this through, it was man who got a false identity about themselves and about God, not God. Even when man fell, where did God appear in the picture? Did he run away? No, he came to them. In fact, God offered the the first sacrifice. He sacrificed an animal in order to cover their shame, not so God could be okay with them, but so that they could be okay with God. But even when they went out of the garden and God went with them, we see all through history, God is with mankind. What happens? We lose our identity. So Jesus comes to show us true identity. What does it look like to live a life in Christ? And that's what he shows us. So if you want a title this morning, it would be this, The Great Christmas Infusion. I love that word infusion. Anyone watch the Food Network or cooking shows? And man, when they say infusion, I'm like, this has got to be good. I mean, they're taking, you know, uh, different elements, marinades, seasonings, and they're infusing two things becoming one. And man, is it tasty. 
Think about this. God said, I want to dwell in you. I want to infuse you with my very life because I'll tell you what, you're going to be really tasty. We're the salt of the earth. Salt seasons. It's a seasoning. When we go around this earth, we should be seasoning to the point where we're like, mm, I want some of that. that that's, that's smelling good. That's looking good. That's tasting really good. But sometimes I think we lose our identity. Even when we've prayed a prayer, or we go to church every Sunday, and when we lose our identity, what happens? We operate outside of our identity, and we forget to operate in this kingdom way of right relationship, peace, joy, grace, love, forgiveness, acceptance. Me too. We can forget so easily. Especially when you're going, you're on your way to church, you're running late, and that person wants to go the speed limit. What is wrong with them? Sunday drivers? Yes, it's Sunday, Pastor Andy. Maybe leave a little earlier. But we all deal with those things, right? I want to look at Matthew chapter 1, the Gospel of Matthew. And it's, it's, you know, they have little titles. It's interesting when the writers wrote this or, or the apostles wrote letters, they didn't have chapters and verses and titles. But we have a title here. It's at the birth of Jesus. We're to start in Matthew 1, verse 18. It says, the birth of Jesus took place like this. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit, but he didn't know that. Joseph, chagrined but noble, determined to take care of things quietly so Mary would not be disgraced. That was pretty nice of him. Verse 20, while he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream, Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth. And when she does, you, Joseph, will name him, what's his name? Jesus, which means God saves. How many know God's in the saving business? One more time. How many know God's in the saving business? And what I love about this ancient language is when you look at that word salvation or saved, soteria or sozo, we know if you've been here for any amount of time, you could probably repeat it, but it means deliverance, preservation, safety, healing. I mean, think about this. It's, it's not just a one-time thing. That's why we're working out our salvation. That's why we're told by the letters of the apostles that to those who, who believe, right, but those who are being saved. We're like, wait, I, I thought I was saved that one time when I went to Baptist camp and prayed the prayer. Oh, that was the beginning of it. But see, it's a life journey of salvation where you, oh, there's another area in my life. I need healing and wholeness and restoration. I need deliverance. Isn't that awesome? So he never leaves us because he wants to stay with us on the journey because we all have some brokenness, right? If we're honest, we can admit we have some brokenness in our soul from whatever, you know, your upbringing, what you learned, indoctrination, all those different things. And so what happens is he slowly moves his way in there because he's a gentleman. But I love that, that the Apostle John describes God as both love and light, See, I use light to see where I'm going. I use light to expose what's around me. And what light does is sometimes it will expose things in your life. You're like, I didn't even know that was there. That's why I react like that. But see, it's never to bring shame to you. It's to bring healing and deliverance. And so it's this beautiful relationship that we have. But look at this. Jesus, God saves because he will save his people from their sins. Now catch this. He said this would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term. Here it is. Watch for this. 
A virgin will get pregnant and bear a son, and they will name him, what's the word? Emmanuel. Sometimes it's with an E in certain translations, Emmanuel. But what does it mean? It means God is with us. Now, last week we talked about this a little bit, and just a little recap if you weren't here. Is this word Emmanuel? Yes, it means God with us. It means God is with us. I really like how specific that is, or Pacific for those of you who love grammar. But there's literally three Hebrew words here fused together. There's that infusion that make this word Emmanuel. The first word is this, M. And it means all-encompassing, beside, around, before, next. So everything. Say everything. everything. The second word is Imam. And Imam means to overshadow by huddling together. You can already see the infusion happening. You can already see the union happening right here. And then the third, last but certainly not least, word is ul. Say ul. Say cool. Say ul is cool. It means to twist or being rolled together for strength. So the idea of twisted, think of that, uh, that three-stranded cord that's not easily broken. It's twisted together. It makes it strong. That describes God and our relationship to him. If you don't remember anything else today or in this holiday season, I want you to see how tight you are with God. Pastor, you don't even know. We're not going there. You don't even see how tight you are with God. Listen, you want to see those, those actions clean up. You want to see those responses change. The only way this happens is when you awaken to your righteousness, or we could say awaken to your right relationship. You see this fusion. You see this togetherness. You see this union. The announcement of Jesus is the announcement of the divine being with us, not only with us, but in us. I think it's so easy for us to just miss this point and read over it. God is literally saying, I'm with you. I'm for you. I love you. I'm in your corner. I'll do anything within my power to be with you and show you that I love you. And show you that I'm with you. So think about that. Last week we put together a little definition, didn't we? The incarnation, God in flesh, shows us the, listen to this, all-encompassing huddling together, intertwined strength of relationship we have with the divine. Give me a come on. Amen. Give me a bam. Amen. Give me a boom. <laughs> come on, Bruce. We, we had this little deal. What, instead of amen, if it really ministers to you, what do we say? Boom. boom. I want to hear some booms this morning. I want to read that again. It shows us the all-encompassing, huddling together, intertwined strength of relationship we have with the divine. <laughs> wow, you guys are awesome. But see, that's what Christmas is all about. That's what the incarnation is saying to us about ourselves. You know, Jesus, when he walked this earth, he did something kind of out of the ordinary for a Jewish rabbi. He would refer to this God, this divine character, Yahweh, as father. Now, for us, we're like, yeah, we, you know, some people, they pray Father God when they start. In fact, it's Father God, Father, 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 Father. It's like, whoa, whoa. It's like, because we just don't know what else to say. But that's good. Because, you know, when you say the word Father, literally what Jesus was saying when it's translated into the Greek, it's the word pater. Say pater. And it means this, origin, source, one who has infused his own spirit 
into others. Who actuates, or we could say causes to operate, and governs, or we could say influences or steers their minds. What did Jesus preach? Repent. What does repent mean? Metanoia. It means to change your mind. Just like good parents, what do we do? We try to change our children's minds. Why? Because what they're doing isn't helpful to them. For, for some, what they're doing is hurting them. And so we don't correct or discipline because we hate them or can't stand them. We discipline and correct them because we love them. We're not punishing them for their past, or at least we shouldn't be, but we're training them for their future. Why? Because we see the future. See, God sees your future. He knows the gifts and callings and talents and the things that he's put in your life. So when discipline comes, it's never to harm you, it's to help you. And so the word father means origin, it means source. So every time you say, Father God, it's not, you're not, let me put it this way, you're not necessarily saying he's a certain gender. God is spirit, neither male nor female, but look all through scripture and he's given the attributes of both. So some of you, maybe you grew up in a household where you're like, I can't call God father. You don't know how horrible my father was. Same mother. It's not bothering God. He's spirit anyway. But the point is, when you say father, you're saying source. How about this? My source, my origin, the one who infused his spirit into me. That's who I'm identifying with. And see, God is always trying to bring us back to our original design, the original blueprint of who we are. Now, the apostle Paul tells us this in Romans. He says, I am absolutely convinced. I love this language here in the message. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, say nothing, nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable. I think he's trying to make a point right here. Absolutely nothing can get between us. Some translations say can separate us from what? The love of God. Nothing can separate you. God's never been separated from you. But see, there's a difference between relationship and fellowship. You can have relationship with somebody, but never spend time with them. Never get to know them, not know what they're about. I, unfortunately, I have relatives. I have distant relatives who, you know, when we were younger, I knew them a lot better, but, you know, life gets going. I would say that I still have relationship. If I were to call them, they wouldn't go, who? Andy who? Well, they might. It's been a long time. But Andy who? Oh, oh Baranachek. Okay, I, I know who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's, you know, it's not like Baranachek's the most common name out there. But see, fellowship is what God is looking for. And what Jesus is showing us here, the man, the Christ in him is that infusion. He's saying, this is the type of relationship that I've always wanted always, always wanted with mankind, but you've forgotten your identity. And so now you walk around as orphans. Awaken to your righteousness. Awaken to that right relationship. It's already there. It's been provided. Like everything you need for life and godliness, it's there. But see, that's where belief is important. You don't, you don't walk in, you don't operate in, you don't benefit from anything you don't believe. When you walked in here this morning, Every single one of you, I can almost guarantee this, I'm not a prophet, but I can almost guarantee this, that when you went to sit down in that seat, you believed it would hold you. I didn't see anyone struggling. I didn't see someone sweating bullets. Brother, you okay? I'm okay. Just let me get through this. I'm really praying hard. I want to make sure that this thing holds me up. No, you just sat down. You're like, oh, these are pretty cushy. They're nice. They're nice, aren't they? 
Yeah, you did that. Thank you. But we, we sit in these chairs and, and we believe they would and, and, and we knew it would hold us up. See, God is looking for that type of relationship with you where you just trust him. You, you believe him. Now, it's a journey and it takes time. I mean, there's still facets of my life I've not completely turned over, if I'm honest. Like, I don't know, God. I mean, maybe I can do a little bit better job on this than you can. What? I mean, I know better than that, but that's really what we're saying when, when we refuse to turn it over. But a lot of times, it's fear, right? But, but when we're in faith, there's no fear, and there's no fear in love. And we know that God loves us, we're more willing and able to say, you take this. I need your help. I need that Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled infusion in my life. But see, we have to believe that we're worthy. And that's what I love about what Devin said this morning that we're the reason for the season. That is so beautiful to me. Come on, Devin, you're preaching next week, brother. <laughs> Boom. But that was so good because sometimes we, we can separate things and God's so distant and far, but man, he's so close. He's right there. He's within you. But for a lot of us, we just don't see it. We haven't fully awakened in every facet of our life because we're on a journey to the fact that God is with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And I'm telling you, I say it all the time to people. If you're struggling with addiction, if you're struggling with sin, if you're struggling with outbursts, if you're struggling with just with life, the answer is awakening to who you are. Because you'll start to feel off like, whoa, I'm operating outside my true identity. That's, that's not who I am. Man, I mean, that's how you can, you can run into someone you haven't seen him for five or 10 years and they were just the meanest, nastiest person you could, like you just didn't want to be around them. And then now they're just loving and accepting. It's like, how are they doing this? Because they've realized the infusion they have with God. That's what it does to me. God's love just stirs me to a point where, man, like, I don't care if you're gay or straight or Democrat or Republican or if you like grapes or you don't or if you like that. I'm to the point now where it's like, I just love you because you're my brother, you're my sister, you're human, you have emotions, you have feelings, you have desires and dreams, you have hurts, you, you have brokenness just like I did. So let's find common ground and through that Holy Spirit will work his work in their life. We get so caught up on different sides of things instead of realizing, wait, you're a human being. And we demonize people to the point where we can't even see the humanity anymore in them. And then we spew things that are really full of hatred. And then we say, but I love Jesus. Really? I think your intentions are too. But I don't think you've awoken to or awakened to his love for you yet. It's so easy to do. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to myself. I can catch myself sometimes under my breath mumbling something about someone and going, ooh, and Holy Spirit right there to go, huh, wait a minute. You're no better than that person. I love them just the same as I love you. You're right. And you know what that's done? It's opened up relationships I never thought I'd have with people. People who I wouldn't associate with. You know, I used to be more of a us and them mentality. But the kingdom of God is all of us together. And I believe the church really has to awaken to this. This is what will change the world. Listen, we don't change the world except by one heart at a time. You can preach at people all you want. You can tell them your side of this and your side of that. But until the heart changes, it doesn't matter. 
right? People are convinced against their will of the same opinion still. Things don't change until the heart changes, and I know the person who can change a heart. Holy Spirit, Father, your source, your origin, awakening to who you truly are. But look at this. He says, absolutely nothing could get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. And then he says this in his letter to the Corinthians. He says, whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. This word in the Greek, united, is the word kalao, and it means to glue together or cement. Isn't that awesome? I remember the first time I read that, Dad, I was like, wow, I'm like cemented into this thing? Like, when you're cemented in, you're not falling out. Now, you might be acting crazy and act a fool because you don't know who you truly are, but there's no getting out of that. You know, a few years ago, uh, we go camping every year. That's our, like, big thing. And, uh, you know, my, my son-in-law and, and my daughter, Jeremy and Bianca, who are up from Louisiana with us for the next couple weeks, come on, boom, there you go. See, she's got it down, and she's been gone for a few weeks. But we go every year camping with the grandkids, and it's just this great time, and it's awesome. But a few years ago, I think it was the year that I might have... Uh, What's that uh, Crystal Mountain? That, that, yeah, what is that run that we went on? It was a uh, toboggan run, you know, but it's not really snow. They're laughing because they know what happened. But it's made of fiberglass, and you get in, there's wheels on it, and you get onto it, and you go down. And I had this great idea. I was like, ooh, I'm going to do like a, a first-person, like, you know, filming of this as I go down with my phone. I didn't strap anything on and hold two hands. And they said, don't go too fast. There's a break. Be careful. I'm like, yeah, I got this. So I get in it, one hand like this, one hand kind of on the brake, but I wanted to go as fast as I could so it would look cool. I mean, come on, i got to impress everybody with my video. So I'm going down, I'm like, woo-hoo, yeah, yeah, yippee, yeah, yeah, whoa, 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 like that. And all of a sudden, like, it shut off. I wish it wouldn't, but shh, like this. Now, human skin and fiberglass just don't mix. This was on my birthday. This was my birthday present to myself. Uh, skin loss. I came back to camp and the girls were like, what happened to you? I'm like, I don't even want to get into it right now because I'm hurting so bad. I mean, just on fire. I was bandaged quite a bit. But in the process of that, yeah, I came in and I'm like, what happened to this guy? So I, I, but, but I, um, when I came in, I was all bandaged and um, I had a point here. Oh, I brand new sandals, flip-flops I got, ripped them right out. Like I hit so hard, I literally ripped that little piece out of it. And my son-in-law goes, I got some Gorilla Glue. I'm like, What? <laughs> What gorilla glue? What is this, man? So he, sure enough, it's still holding to this day, Jeremy. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Like, you know, we're playing some, some like, lawn, remember lawn jarts? Yeah. Or lawn darts? I think they're called jarts now because it's like plastic weighted pieces of crap. You played with those? I like the ones with the points where you throw up. And my, my grandpa, you, your dad would have them. We, we had this game where we throw them as high as we could and we'd try to watch where they were. And grandpa like, what are you guys doing? Nothing, you know. But they were plastic, and one, the first thing we throw in it just busts apart. He's like, Gorilla Glue. So it became the saying here. The, the saying at camp was, uh, just put some Gorilla Glue on it, because it really works. But it, but it makes me think about this idea, like, you're Gorilla Glued, even more than that, to Father, to the divine. Think about this. That's, that's your infusion. You are glued together. You're cemented together. I want us to realize this season, the reason for the season is you. He came for you, and he wanted to introduce you to yourself, who you truly are, and then show you that I'm infusing myself to you. That's how much I love you. That's how much I care about you. Isn't that beautiful? The incarnation says that God inhabits flesh, and guess what? He's okay with that. 
That'll rock some worlds right there. But see, again, you cleaning up your actions or your responses, it comes by awakening who you truly are. That's how it's happened in my own life. Like, you know, willpower only lasts for so long. But when you start to realize, wait a minute, I'm righteous and holy and pleasing and acceptable already, you operate different. And by the way, that that word holy means other. It just means you're operating differently than the world system does. The world system set up on greed, hatred, retribution, right? Murder, war. What, What is the kingdom of God? It's righteousness, peace, joy, grace, goodness, forgiveness, unity. They're two different kingdoms. But then the apostle Paul tells us, continuing in Romans, Romans 5, He says, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out. Some translations say shed abroad. I love that, shed abroad. Been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. See, God has made the first step in pouring out his love within our hearts. Because if you've been here for any amount of time, we know this. God always initiates. What do we do? We respond. He's like, I did it all for you. Will you respond? Because you got to believe it to walk in it. You have to believe it to benefit from it. But it's a done deal. Praying a prayer doesn't make magic stuff happen. And Jesus, I mean, it's already done. He's saying it's done. And the prayer is great. Although what's interesting in in Acts, there's like, what, 17, 18 gospel messages. And all it says was they preached the gospel and they believed. And the church grew. See, Praying a prayer is great, but do you believe? Do you really believe that God has infused himself with you? Are you awakening to the truth of who you really are? That's really the question this morning. So here's the thing. What do we do now? We receive it. We saturate in it. We trust fall into it by faith because God is with us and that never, ever changes. So I want us as we're in this Christmas season to think about this idea of incarnation, to think about this idea of Emmanuel, God with us, this idea that God is with you. God is with me. Because the incarnation, God in flesh, shows us the all-encompassing, huddling together, intertwined strength of relationship we have with the divine. Merry Christmas. Look at the person next to you and say, Merry Christmas. See, this is the great Christmas Infusion, 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 infusion. Did that add a little bit to it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. Man, you, you are just so good to us. And even in those, those moments and those times where we feel like we don't measure up, you're right there to remind us of who we truly are. Holy Spirit, really, your job in life is, yes, to lead and direct us, but it's to remind us to convince, that we're convict, to convince us of our right relationship with you. Because when we see that, we truly see it and believe it, we walk differently. We talk differently. We see you differently. We see others differently. And really most important a lot of times is we see ourselves differently. So I pray this morning as we celebrate Christmas and the holiday season that we would really dwell in this idea of incarnation, God in flesh, that Jesus, you were literally showing us what it looks like to operate as a human being who understands their true identity. That we can do this because it's the Christ in us who's the hope of glory. 
We have everything we need for life and godliness. It's already there, the fruit, the good works. Everything we need to be that kingdom person who's called with purpose is already there. So we do is we say, wow, and we say, thank you, and we say, please continue to reveal to me my purpose. Continue to reveal to me my true identity so I can walk it out. And not only that, I can influence and change those around me who are looking for hope, who are looking for healing and restoration in their lives. I can be that vehicle. Isn't God awesome? God loves you so much. Spirit loves being with you. Spirit loves living in you, calling you his place of residence. But what he's looking for is for you to let him out. Let those, we talked about this a few weeks ago, that were all gifts, but gifts are meant to be given, not held on to. And so all the gifts that you have inside, the fruit, we talked about that too. Like we talk about fruit of the spirit, but how many know that fruit is meant to be enjoyed and eaten? Not by you, by those outside you. We get outside ourselves and we realize that, listen, we're in this world to help others discover their true identity. And imagine all these flourishing fruit trees, if you will, throughout the earth, manifesting love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control as we manifest these things, as we manifest those good works that he prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. Imagine if each person was awakening to this, what kind of world would we live in? It'd be beautiful. And I believe that's what Jesus desires because he says, my kingdom will continue to expand. Nothing can hold it back. And remember, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.